Hello, and welcome to The Adrian Ross Show, a product of the BMG Network. So glad you're tuned in at thebmgnetwork.com, the BMG Network's YouTube channel, or a major podcast platform. It's time for another exemplary episode. So here we go. I'm about to take you into an interview and a conversation I had with Robin McLean. Robin is a wife, a mother, a speaker, an author, and the founder of Stirring Embers. Stirring Embers is a community of women who laugh together, who cry together, who gather together and connect together. It's all about relationships. And that's what we're talking about today. From A to Z, we're talking about relationships. And Robin is leading the way. Enjoy. So here we are again, back for another episode of the Adrian Ross Show. And today I have Robin McLean with me on the Adrian Ross Show. And Robin and I recently have been doing a whole lot of conversations about relationships, about fellowship, actually. We did two spur of the moment Instagram (laughs) lives on this topic was the first time like I really want to Instagram live but Robin got me out there and we started having this discussion about something that's been on our hearts and that is the importance of fellowship so Robin thank you so much for being a guest on the Adrian Ross show hi thank you so much for having me (laughs) yes I'm glad I'm glad you're here Robin I consider you an expert of sorts around the subject of fellowship, of relationships. And I know it's something that's near and dear to your heart. Would you tell us why? Because I know that there are people who are listening or watching and relationships are so important to them, whether they are flourishing in relationships or whether they're struggling in relationships, relationships are just important. Yeah. And it's important to you. So tell us what's up with that. It's funny because it's as simple as it is complex as to why it means so much to me. And some of it has been like, as I've gone throughout life and made connections and friendships and relationships, I realized how far back it goes to the beginning, which is, um, I was adopted. And so I had formed relationship when I was young and then I was taken from what I knew and went through this whole process before I finally landed into a wonderful family in their arms when I was 14 months old. And, but growing up, what I knew was I just loved people. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I grew up in a pastor's home and we were surrounded by church people that I really enjoyed being a part of and that I considered family and um, just making friends with others. And I had this inward uh, passion for them to just include them, to value them, and for them to know that they were loved by God and that they had a purpose in life. And um as I've gotten older, I realized just the way that God has poured love into my life. And as I have drawn closer relationship to him, I began feeling his heart for people more and more. And, um, through various experiences that I've gone through hurts, 
uh, betrayal and deception and backstabbing, I also started learning the side of me that just wanted to protect myself and isolate myself and the, the flesh side that's there. And then I started realizing I'm not completely natural like this. It's God in me and knowing his heart that has just filled me with this desire to love on people. And um, so I guess you could say like throughout life, it's just been this learning process as to why I love and value people. And the other key thing is I have this, um, I see such a need for impact in life and people who need impact in their lives and at the core of those things being able to happen we have to connect with one another and be in relationship with one another and encourage one another in order for those things to happen and i think some people think that having fun and connecting can be a time waster we get caught up in tasks and busyness but anytime you want to talk about a subject of changing the world and making a difference it all cycles back to relationships yeah. and relationships is also the issue that usually takes people out of the game of making an impact because they're hurt. They're depressed. Something happened. They're suffering from trauma and the people who get out of trauma, the people who encounter healing, it's someone who reached into their lives and helped them out. It was God directly because of his love for them. And so everything just always cycles back to connection and relationship and God. Absolutely. So well said, but you, you, that wasn't going to be my answer, but somehow we got there. (laughs) That's good. That's good. But you mentioned her at least twice and you can't, you know, you can't talk about people without talking about hurt because everyone has hurt or if you haven't hurt before, hang on, it's coming. I mean, (laughs) that's just life, you know, and it is that it is the hurt that causes people to put up walls, causes people to stiff arm at times. Um, You've experienced hurt in your life. I've experienced hurt in my life. So as much as you know how valuable connecting is and everything comes back to relationships, how do you, because you, you, and you can talk a little about that because you deal with helping people. You're, you're straight on in with helping people connect. How do you do that with people who have been hurt and they're not really anxious to jump in there again? Yeah. I think one of the most important things is for people to feel heard and also seen. I think those two things go hand in hand and to properly validate those hurts. Right now, what is making, there's people who are making relationships and connections, but it's not always healthy. And sometimes it's unhealthy enabling of something that they've gone through. And so they can't properly heal. They're just allowed to vent, but not necessarily heal and grow. And um, so it's like trying to heal a a bone without a stint, you know, um, and having that proper care of something that's been broken. And so I, with a lot of people, it's not looking at them like, here's what you need to do. It's Uh more like, what happened? Oh, that was awful. You know, like validate that, relate with that, understand that, and then walk them through it. And with some, there's, there's so many different ways that people um, 
can be hurt and it takes discernment um and it goes beyond looking at what your love language or your preferential way of reaching someone is because it's not about you it's about them and so for me I don't think about me trying to relate with them. I just think about what do they need? How can they be reached to help them through this? So sometimes it's just checking in with them. Other people, it's not so much trying to get to the core of what happened, but an encouraging gift maybe to just show I'm thinking of you. And uh, because maybe there's someone they didn't have other people put much effort into their lives. And so then they, a gift can sometimes really uh, speak to that. And then other people, it's like, don't say anything, but if you're here emptying my dishwasher and making me coffee and just sitting with me for 20 minutes before you go out in your busy day, those kinds of things of just being present and just being there and ready to listen. And even if you know they need to say something, discern if, if you're just there to let them take that chance rather than prod them to take that chance, because then sometimes it can easily turn to be once again about you and what you want to know about it, but it's not what you want to know about it. It's, are you there to help their heart heal? And the other thing is, are you just meant to be the connector at that time or is there someone that might be good to introduce to them? And sometimes it's just including them and not trying to, again, not trying to dig, not trying to make someone a project, not say, okay, here's the next step to get this level. And the sad thing is that some people try to do that to then get someone into some kind of like area of service or some area of like in the church, I think sometimes we want to get people fixed to an area and then get them into one or two volunteer things. And again, that's, that's the world getting caught up in tasks and we just can't focus on those kinds of things, but the heart and the individual. And um, so basically it's loving others and caring yeah. with no strings attached and what's going to be thoughtful, and considerate to them, yeah. not um, wow. how we want it to go necessarily. Right. Yeah. And- as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm a, I'm a member of the John Maxwell team, John Maxwell, the, the great leadership coach. So um, great leadership guru, maybe to use that term. But um, one of the things that we say in the John Maxwell team is that there is what we call the platinum rule. Now we all know the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you have them do unto you. Now the platinum rule is, you know, Golden rule, treat other people the way you want to be treated, basically. Platinum rule is treat other people the way they want to be treated, mm-hmm. you know? And so we tend to think, like you said, we tend to think, well, this is how I would want to be treated. But going a little step higher, you know what I mean? I mean, the golden rule is yeah. the golden rule, right? <laughs> yeah. But taking it further, right? <laughs> and saying, I've got to know what the other person feels, how the other person thinks, how would this person want to be treated? And, and that takes time and that takes investment. And, and that's part of the issue. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Well, like, and the thing with that, that I, I understand that everyone has their own bandwidth and that some people are like, Oh, what can I handle? Not handle. And I know boundaries are important. Um, so prefacing with that, 
I think one of the things that we need to be careful of is, uh, is this a relationship that I want to get into? Like, Wayne, what does it offer me? And I think sometimes that that becomes too self-focused on what something can give us versus how God called us to go into the world and love on others, essentially feed his sheep. And um, so again, it's, it's not necessarily about us. There's ways to manage relationships in a healthy way and not give something that we can't give, but realizing how we can still value others and be there in, in ways that um, matter to them without being everyone's BFF, basically. Yeah. So what about people uh, who want understand that they should be in relationships with people, they desire to be in relationships with people, but they seem to always find themselves in this cycle of being in the wrong kind of relationships? You know, how do we determine the best relationships or how to run fast when we're not <laughs> like those- relationships or like dating relationships or friendships across, or- across the board because you know they really the do kind of parallel they do I- they yeah. do that's and that's something that um i talk about with young girls and and ladies in general well act actually what i like to do is to tell moms to help them equip their kids in being mindful with that is like sometimes moms they'll encourage a daughter to hang in there with this person who might be kind of toxic but mm-hmm. they feel bad or they knew the mom and and they're like well you're you're like a strong pillar for this person um and and it's good to be there to reach those who are going through hard things i mean i've, I've done that my whole life in various ways not just because of what i'm passionate about but as a pastor's kid that just kind of goes yeah. with it sometimes yeah and um but one of the things that can be put at the wayside is they don't they don't um understand or aren't taught proper boundaries and so when they're the pillar for an unhealthy relationship without other strong ones like knowing these are strong friendships here with me while I'm still being here for this other one it can set up poor habits for them in that friendship to be in that kind of friendship in a dating or potential dating relationship. And there's a part that's normalized and their mind is like, they don't realize that they're thinking this is acceptable. This is okay. I am a pillar for this person. I need to be there for them, but it might be an unhealthy dating relationship that is not set up good for marriage. And maybe that person does have a lot of strong characteristics that are good, they need to grow through and maybe meant for someone else. And oh, I, yeah, so- I, I, I got to stop you right here. I, start you. <laughs> I, I want to press you a little bit here. I want to press you a little bit because you said, you know, it may not be set up for marriage in this dating relationship, right? Yeah. And there's somebody listening or watching who's going marriage. So what? I mean, what's, you know, what are you saying there in terms of, you know, dating and where did the marriage come in? Like, what's your mindset about dating as far as that goes? Because I've heard it said growing up, every potential uh, date is a potential mate. 
And sometimes you, you can form this strong friendship. And before long, people realize I married this person because this is how I felt, but there's just, this isn't healthy for us. And um, I think that we humans give ourselves too much credit that we know what we're doing. <laughs> And, yeah. and that yeah. we're not going to so do don't. something that we shouldn't do. Right. And we need to realize that we don't know it all. We don't have it all together and we can be snookered into things and, and, uh, and we don't always see it because we we're too close to the forest. So they say, you know, yeah. we, we see the good in the person, or there's a reason to justify why they're like that. And maybe there legitimately is, but that doesn't mean that you should throw out all caution and insight with this relationship and how you two might be contentious or why this, because the other person might not realize why they're implementing this toxic trait because they haven't dealt with something from their childhood that has hurt them. And so they continually do this thing because um, then when that other person's controlled by them, it makes them feel good because it's something that wasn't nurtured and met in their other years or maybe from past relationships. It's baggage that they haven't given up or healed from. And so it's going to carry into marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we practice those things in friendships also, then it becomes, it lays a, a ground for poor habits for dating also, mm-hmm. as well as how we form our communities and how we, uh, community, uh, the way who we date, like who do they surround themselves with? Because if you get married, who they surround themselves with, those are going to be the ears and advice that they listen to of people pouring into them when they need someone to give them advice in marriage. And so it's all going to interconnect and play in down the road. If it's someone who's like, I know everything, I don't need a mentor. I don't need to listen to people. Then a lot of those relationships down the road are the ones that they can't get into counseling because they've never wanted to listen to advice. If there's needs to grow, but they're like, I'm willing to accept correction and grow. Then marriage counseling might be a success when you need that down the road and so those are things to look for and consider also yeah yeah I I can't be bothered with someone who doesn't realize they don't know everything you know I I always joke um I I joke about my my aunt Alma I've always said this I was like that and I love my aunt aunt Alma she's the most amazing person and helped raise me and and everything um, and, and many people who are watching and listening, they know all about on Alma. They've read on Alma's, my on Alma books and things like that. But one thing I always said about my on Alma, she knows everything about everything and she's wrong about most of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. You know, it, it is just so true. She knows everything and she's like wrong. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's that saying that you, when you marry a person, you're marrying their family. But so it is when you're when with these relationships with people, you know, who do they have around them? Because you're coming into relationship, whether physically, whether they're physically in your space or not, you're because of the mindsets and the things that they've been that have been poured into them. You're coming into relationship with everyone else who's coming in relationship with them and poured into their lives. It sounds to me like you're saying that uh, dating should be with the idea of, of marriage. And so you shouldn't be spending or coming into those deep connections on a dating level with someone that 
who doesn't have the potential to be a lifelong connection. Right. And it it's something for people to consider. I mean, there's there's those where they they ca- I'm not against casual dating. You know, like if someone has strong community and other stuff, um if like oh, I'm going to go out on a date with this person to get to know them. Because sometimes you don't know if you're going to go into a deeper dating relationship if you don't casually get to know someone. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it takes that. But um, n- like when I was with my ex, I was in uh, a relationship before and we had actually broken up at some point. And, but it was because of my friendship with him that I felt like I, for some reason, needed to work something out that really wasn't my responsibility to work out. Um, and nor it just wasn't something that we should have even been in before it turned bad and abusive down the road. Mm. Um, but knowing myself, I had this like in-depth loyalty with a friendship to be there for people. And so I fell into his manipulation of, victimizing certain things and I was the one who was there for him and so I wanted to encourage him and I didn't realize that I was like taking the bait and um and I was perfectly primed to take that kind of bait because of um just the way I didn't learn boundaries with some other friendships and unhealthy ones mm-hmm. and um so I I say these things to help other people learn from my mistakes that I realized like you, sometimes you think, Oh, it can only be a good thing to be there for all these people and to just um, be, be selfless and in ministry, but it wasn't very wise. And it was pretty naive on the offset. Yeah. Um, you have quite a background and, and those of you who are tuning in right now, you'll, you'll hear more from Robin down the road because she has such an amazing, amazing story. And, um, and I can't wait till you get to hear uh, the story because you, you'd be surprised that she's sitting here now with the victory that she has uh, considering what a lot of what she's, she's gone through. But I have to ask though, because you were adopted very young and you were obviously in a loving home. It was a Christian home. And yet just listening to you now, we know that you've made mistakes along the way in terms of relationships and connecting, which we're talking about. So what could have gone differently to avert that kind of situation that many people find themselves in? Um, Some of it, there, there were various things and some of it I fully own also. Hmm. Some of it was um, my fear of, what I thought I wanted in a guy wouldn't be in some other person. So I had this settling mindset and I wanted fleshly things more than I wanted godly things. And so some of it was taking a break from the perfect pastor's kid image and wanting to live a little. And then once I surrendered a piece of my soul and my heart, then I felt like I, even though I knew that when you give away so much purity at a time, um, because sometimes it's not all at once, that it doesn't mean that you're meant to be with that person, but you still have this, well, this is what I need to work out now with this person. 
And, uh, but before that, again, it was also kind of caught in that relationship. He, I didn't realize how much I had been groomed into this manipulative cycle. And so like growing up, I always wanted to talk everything out. Like I felt like there needed to be closure and I've learned that there's not always closure. You just walk away, you know, cause that wow. that's how, that's how a lot of people keep women in it is cause they feel like we need to solve this. We need to settle this. Well, why this? And he would have me texting on the phone till like two, 3 AM arguing about something. And why didn't I just shut off my phone? Why didn't I just ignore him? Like what? why it's stupid. Like I look at myself and I'm just like, that's dumb. Why couldn't I just walk away from that? And so sometimes we, we don't realize those poor habits that we've built up that we need to work through this. We need to talk about this. And, and then we don't realize that when they do this hot point of, Oh, well then this is how I feel. Oh, well, you know, don't feel that way. No, just let that go. It doesn't have to be talked about. They can figure it out another way. You're not the answer. And you don't need to be the answer and you're not bad if you're not the answer. And so as relinquishing that, noticing the cycle, relinquishing, walking away and knowing that life goes beyond that. And then the other thing was, um, I clearly remember a night when I was kind of, I was caught up in that. He wanted to do something, um, that I didn't want to do. Sometimes he held things over my head. So threats started at a point. But I just, I remember that song so clearly by Avalon mm-hmm. and oh. we were in the car and I was looking up at the stars and I just, I, I had tears coming out of my eyes and I clearly heard their song that I just, I loved singing. It was like, tell me, when did I lose my first love? And God was my first love and wow. he's my only love. And in that moment, it was like this world love and this darkness that had its tentacles entrenched in this because the door was opened and then God just, just calling to me and knowing, and, um, I didn't have the gumption to be extreme enough to just run and clean. And I think sometimes it, we just, um, we need to be able to get to that point. Yeah. And well, yeah. Well, what, <laughs> what you hit on is so beautiful, really, because it's all about the love of God, you know, um, because what you, you hit on is so vital to what we're talking about. When we talk about healthy relationships and healthy fellowship, obviously number one is that mm-hmm. relationship with the Lord. And, and so everything else has to stem from, from that, that, but it's that healthy relationship. But what, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that was like that first, that first love. And I know that so many people know what it is to get sidetracked, you know, and, and, and other things seem more important and, and do things that we wouldn't have done and say things that we wouldn't have said. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships in yeah. friendships and all kinds of relationships. We, we find ourselves sometimes off track, you know, and it's like that prodigal son where it's like, I'm going to return to my father's house. Right. Yeah. And yeah. no matter what, what I want to say though, just from piggybacking off of what you said is, no matter who, who, you know, people who are 
tune in, no matter where you find yourself now, no matter what you've done up until now, no matter what relationship you might even still be in, you don't have to remain stuck because the father's arms are always outstretched and we can always return to our first love. Or if he hasn't been our first love, we can make the Lord our first love because he's standing yeah. right there. Yeah. And for me, um, I, I was trying to fix too much in the, in the flesh mm-hmm. in the name of trying to handle something in hands-on practical ways. Mm-hmm. Because if I would have been fully surrendered to God and his will, it would have been easy to know what I needed to do. But right. I was caught up in trying to fix it this way and that way before it got too late, uh-huh. which people will learn about. I had no choice later on. Um, and and even though I didn't necessarily um, think it this way, I feel like it's almost like I thought that I'd lived a life so well to this point and now I just want to break but it doesn't work like that (laughs) you know God calls us to surrender wholly and fully unto him and there's consequences otherwise which are the very things he wants to protect us from and sometimes I think we think oh we've just done so well in this so well in that I just want to be can I just be human which is what I'm hearing in a lot of ways just people there, there's just this, um, there's an unhealthy way of accepting just being human over just the grace for being human. Uh And, um, and so I think, yeah, it's almost like I just, that that's the truth of it. I mean, I didn't think of it at that time, but I look back and that's the ugly truth of it. And, um, yeah. then it happened. But that's also why I'm, and I don't know how much of a chan- tangent this is, but this is also why I'm, I, I'm careful in how I, I tell people in response to you or what I don't say to people is when they're like, God knew you were strong enough. So you went through that mm. on purpose. And that's not true. Like God can redeem you from anything you go through, but he didn't mean for me to go through that. Uh-huh. Because otherwise, because going through that meant disobedience to him because I did disobey him. I was outside his, his blessing and umbrella because of the the choices that I made and gave into before it turned bad. And, um, God never desires for us to walk in disobedience. He wants us exactly. He's fully surrendered unto him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he can redeem you from anything and use it for good. And that's why God is God and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. His desire is to always to guard our hearts too. A lot of times we look at, it's about rules. It's about regulations with God. And it's like, it's with God. It's the, it's the spirit of it. It's the spirit of what's behind it. If God is saying no to something. It's because of his love. He's trying to guard us and protect us from from so many things, just as God also says yes to things because he wants to bless us, right? So there are a lot of lessons to be learned from um, harmful relationships. And like Robin said too, um, I just want to throw this in. We'll hear more about, about about her story later on. But there are 
there's also wonderful relationships, you know, that people, we want people to build. We want to have, and we want people to build. And I know that you are highly committed to helping people develop positive relationships. What are some things that you do along those lines? Uh, I love bringing people together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love yeah. introducing people, connecting them, inviting them into my home. Uh, I also founded Stirring Embers, which is um, a movement of women coming together to encourage one another. Alone stirring pull. Embers. Stir stirring yeah. Embers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know sometimes when I say it, it sounds like story numbers or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It sounds like money. <laughs> I know. My autocorrect thinks that also. And I'm just like, ah. But uh, yeah, stirring embers because a lone coal can easily die out. But when you stir the embers together, they reignite that once blazing flame. And likewise, so are we. And when we come together and are in community with one another mm -hmm. and um, I don't, I don't want to see people dying out and it, it hurts when I see some, like, I just, I don't know. Like I just see them so full of value and purpose and, and knowing who they are and, and the things that God has for them and the things that they can do in the lives of others. And I just, I'm so committed to seeing that happen in their life and these other connections that need to happen for that to happen in the impact of others, um, those who are hurting, and those who need restoration, but also just being joyful, having that joy and, yes. and having that be contagious and for others to understand and feel that. I think um, even in the Christian realm, like you've said, we are so caught up in busy. And yes. I think that we um, justify that in, in the name of impact and ministry, but um, sometimes it's just that it's busy. And there's a lot of people that are not truly being fed and nurtured. They're just getting a lot of food dumped on them. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a difference being, between being dumped on and actually being fed. So tell us more though about stirring embers. What, what does that look like? Um, so we do casual meetups in town because part of it is I, when I don't like when people whether it's church or groups or cliques, just kind of wall away in their own corner. <laughs> they're not seen. They're not like actually out in community. And it's nice because it also provides a neutral location to just invite someone in a non-intimidating setting to come by. And, um, and whether they're there for the full time or not, that's okay because life happens and we want people to just come in and connect. And it also helps bless uh, businesses in town because we want to reach, we want to reach that world too, because people run it. They're, they're doing things. And I think we underestimate the power that we have to pour into others in the everyday mundane. We're always thinking um, we're going to achieve this uh, title or um uh, don't be around the people that don't cheer you on because you're meant to be a queen in this. And it, everything is, is so emphasized on who to cut out and what big thing you're going to attain. And in doing that, we shut off a lot of opportunities to really make an impact because sometimes it's those people that watch how we live 
from a distance that they come around a year, a year and a half later. And, and, and you think at one point, they just don't like me. They don't support me. They're my enemy, blah, 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 blah. But by the power and the witness of your testimony and how you live and your character and them seeing you over time, that starts to shift. And, and I've seen that, whether it's been someone else or me, and they come up later and like, you know, I just, I just really admire you that you're just being who you are, consistent and loving people and caring about people, even through the hardships that you've gone through, because they're taking that in, they're, they're watching and they're seeing, and that doesn't require any big thing or having to cut off people and be like, you're not good enough to be um, in my cheer group because you ain't cheering for me or this table ain't worth it because um, this is the table I'm building. And, and then at the same time, the person that you're, the way you treat the person when you go and get your coffee order. Um, Sometimes people are so caught up in what they aren't that they're not seeing the impact that they can have calling out who this person in front of them is. And it's about going out into the world and calling people out into their own purpose and how we treat and love them on the day to day. And allowing God to work in that. We're always talking about how powerful, great, and mighty our God is. But we're not having faith and trusting the way that he can work through those little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I guess stirring embers might be considered one of those little things at this time. <laughs> that's doing great oh, things. yeah, I know. I, I kind of bunny trailed from that. No, that's, so, that's, that's okay. That's, no, that's, but- that's my uh, goal with uh, just being that in public. And then we also do home gatherings where it's an intimate, more intimate setting. And sometimes we create a spread. Sometimes we just have coffee. Um, but I love food. So <laughs> we end up, <laughs> we end up setting up a lot of food. Yeah. And, and it's just for people to come and be like, you guys did this for us and it's burnout free. There's a burnout free structure to what we do. And there's, there's two parts to that. It's because um, there's a lot of people who are doing a lot of things. And the goal is for those who are the most involved to the least involved to come and leave just as refreshed the same, not someone feeling like they toiled more than the other. The ones who do it, it's an opportunity for them to thrive within their giftings and offer that up. And so it's calling them out in the ways that they thrive in loving and nurturing others, but in a non, no pressure way. And so in that sense, people feel nurtured, loved, and generously poured into. And those who do, they don't feel burned out because it, there's no requirement, but people just feel free to do that. Yeah. How long has Stirring Embers been in effect? Uh, since 2019 in January. Okay. And what's your long-term goal? My long-term goal is for that to spread to other towns and cities. And it doesn't have to, I'm not focused on bigness, but I'm focused on the spread and impact of the message and for people to just take initiative in connecting with others. So it, it can look the similar to the way we do it, or it can be even more like 
it can grow and be that in that town or it can be a third the size of what we do in another place because you never know the way that that is going to work in someone's life so that's my long-term goal as well as more collaborations because um, we're a group within ourselves and what we do but i also collaborate with um, other people who run retreats whether they want me to just speak or bring in the material that i offer and couple it with what they're doing or speak to their team and help their team to grow and um, as they work together and pouring into other women and uh, and as well as sharing more kind of like this you know with with what we do who we are and how they can reach people yeah well I think it's amazing because you talked about how busy people are we are all so busy and like I often some you know I often joke and say we we're busy but not always productive <laughs> right <laughs> but our lives call us to be busy and um and so for you to and you're you're busy your wife your mom right <laughs> yeah. as well and so when you're that busy sometimes you could just sort of take any free time you got and apply it to you and your family you know, but that you see the value in fellowship and in building up other people is phenomenal, you know, because there are people who need that. And there are other people who are hurting, as we talked about. And so they pretty much isolate. But when somebody says, hey, we're just, we're going to have this gathering, we're going to have this meetup, can you come? And I just want to say this, for those who are going through, as we say, or busy or whatever, your ten, our tendency sometimes can be, again, I don't want to be bothered. I'm too busy. But when we allow ourselves to enter into these gatherings or fellowship, you go home and you go, I'm so glad I went. I yeah. feel so much better, you know? And um, I remember there was a time I was going through really, really, one of the many times, I was <laughs> a really difficult time. And there would be people who would, you know, every time I felt like I was alone. I'm going through this all by myself. Nobody understands. And then when someone would extend an invitation, hey, we're going bowling. I was much younger then, right? We're going bowling or we're going to do this. And, you know, why don't you come? And then because I was going through, my attitude was, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And yet at the same time, I want to complain that nobody cares. Oh, I'm by myself. And so it's just so important that we don't build walls yeah. and that when people are reaching out as you do all, all the time or the church does or whatever does that we don't, we don't just say, no, n- nobody cares. I'm just going to sit, you know, hang out here by myself um, and then go bad mouth because nobody cares when people yeah. are reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can, we can we can be just as responsible. We have to take some yeah. responsibility for those relationships as well. And it's it's worth it when they're meaningful relationships. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like with Story Numbers, um, we are faith based, but and we're and we're when you really look at things, it's like wow, you know, they go into this part goes into depth with God's word on this aspect and that, but there's plenty of Bible studies and there are plenty of churches. And my goal was to create 
and bridge the gap of something that wasn't a Bible study, that wasn't church, but it was very much God's heart and faith and connection hands-on, as well as someone who didn't have a faith background or maybe even kind of uh, hated a faith background or maybe, you know, isn't familiar with Christianity, doesn't know Christians, can feel like they can come in and enjoy their time with us. And so it's been neat, the diverse people that we have had be a part and just enjoying what the Stirring Embers uh, culture is, as well as taking it in, out in, into their life. Um, there's no strings attached. There's no commitment. People have come to realize, I don't feel pressure if I don't show up for three times, but right. I feel right at home when I come the fourth time in a year. Right. Yeah. And so it's very much that because unfortunately, there's a lot of groups, whether it's organized or not, religious or not, that people feel these um, unrealistic expectations or cold shouldered because somehow they didn't do something that was expected of them. And people just need to be able to breathe and just feel cared for whether they're able to do something or not, or be there or not, because it's for them. And I can give you a little snippet of the, like a, a little picture. So it hasn't launched yet, but here's the book that will be coming out and let me see if I can do this just real quick I don't know I'm not really the greatest greatest at these but yeah it's just getting together in um various ways oh yeah look at that food spread yes 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 (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) and so this just kind of portrays um the encouraging articles but connection and community and the way things and this is your book yep this is this is my book I say our book though because it's very much like the the stirring embers community and and what we do and who we are but it's not just about us it's material that pours into the reader and encouraging them but there's one of our gatherings around the campfire in my backyard just hanging out um, real people. These are real stories. Yeah, of real these are people. all real people. Yes. Um, yeah, there's my dear friend Kim. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, these are all real people. These are all real gatherings um, implemented in here. And there's many more on uh, social media. Um, uh-huh. And just... Um, I'm not sure really where I was going with that. Well, let me, well, I know where I want to go. When is the book coming out? <laughs> when is oh, May, yeah. The May 20th is when it is coming out and we're going to hold um, a launch party in the back garden. So I should, I should show a picture of that because it's not yeah. fair to say that and not show yeah. a picture. And while you're, while you're getting the picture, I, I just want to say, I am so looking forward to Robin coming back. When this book does come out, oh, wow. Is that your backyard? That's my backyard, yeah. Excellent. And that's going to be your launch party. Yep. Excellent. Yes. So May 20th, I believe. May 20th. And uh, and so we're going to have Robin back 
um, when the book comes out, I gotta wait for it. But when the book comes out, actually, I'm gonna be um, rolling out a first readers access um, availability. So, okay. Good. so you, you might gotta, yeah. you might get a little a perk there. Yeah. That's great. You've got a lot. So you've got a lot coming down the pike and, and other exciting things coming as well. And so we definitely want to have Robin back, but I, I wanted to have her on today because I know how passionate she is about, about relationships and about fellowship. And we've been talking about relationship, relationships and fellowship. And we've sort of, we sort of ran the gamut tonight, um, you know, talking about everything from just from friendships to dating, to marriage, to the church, to church, to past mistakes and redemption and we this can is go- why you and i are talking past midnight sometimes <laughs> exactly because there's so there's so much to say but really um i can do better in terms of relationships because i find myself i'm just on the go so i've been a little slow for the past year but generally speaking there's always something going on you know and so sometimes i don't take the time to connect as i as i should but I want to I want to do that because I I need to pour into other people. That's part of what I'm called to do. And so I have to be poured into also. And iron sharpens iron. And so I know we're all over the place tonight, but whatever, wh- whether you're in a a wonderful friendship with someone and you want to value that even more, and if or if you're in a great um courting relationship or in a great marriage, you want to recognize the value of that as well, Uh, or whether you're looking for deeper relationships and you want to keep in mind what Robin said about how it's important, the people who are around, the people you are around, because it matters ultimately, all those things are so, so important. So if we're all over the place tonight, it's because that's what relationships are. I mean, relationships are are multifaceted and um, just dynamic and valuable. And um, they make a difference for good or for bad, you know? So, yeah. 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 Well, I was going to say the reason, one of the reasons why um, I also talk about marriage and who, who to consider who you're surrounded by or who he is surrounded by is, because um it's funny because even though stirring embers is the thing that I'm passionate about the what people seek me out for without me putting it out there is relationship advice and it's funny because some of them are married longer than me but I guess they just um want to know what I have to say and um and and I enjoy listening and I want to know their heart and I want to help uh but the thing that comes up with repeatedly with people in their marriage and them trying is I ask who does he have that mentors him walking alongside him because the wife is like I'm trying to do this I'm trying to do that and, and he, he's struggling with this and he knows this. I'm like, well, who does he have there to support him? And more often than not, he doesn't have someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether sometimes the man might be willing, but that community isn't there. And then other times the man just doesn't want to. And sometimes those signs were there before they were dating, but there wasn't an issue before they were dating. Now they're married. Now there's an issue but they don't have that set up for them, nor that willingness. And 
So those are things to look for, for is who does he surround himself with? And, um, and if there are people there, what kind of advice will they be giving him when, when you're married? And what kind of decisions are those men doing that they're like, ah, it's no biggie. You know, porn is a part of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's that is going to be a huge strain on a marriage if that's the advice that he's getting versus someone else that says, yes, I've struggled with it. Someone who can be real and vulnerable because I, right. I know that people have been hurt it with um, wrongful spiritual mentors also yeah. who aren't vulnerable. They don't say, hey, I know this is hard. Temptation is hard, but I'm going to walk it through. And instead they're just spouting off things in a pharisaical way you know right. like yeah. you should yeah. not do that that's bad you know this is you just need to da, 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 and it leaves the man with no tools and so there's discernment not just someone who claims to be a christian doesn't always make them a good mentor like are they truly a good mentor mm-hmm. and are they really helping them through those trenches and uh but yeah so sometimes it's the man either doesn't want it or it's just not there yeah. So as we can see, Robin is multifaceted and you, and you're young, like you said, but people come to you who are older um, because they sent something in you and, um, and you can receive something from, from everyone. I mean, I'm listening to you now you're married and I'm single. Right. And I'm listening to you talk, you know, I've been wanting to have and planning to have a panel of single people, but um, even as a married young woman yourself, you were single, right? I was, and I was a single mom too, and that was hard. (laughs) Right? And so there's some, some, um, you know, not that every single person wants to be married, but many of them do. And so uh, the information and the experience that you have is valuable, you know? So, okay. So like I said, this will not be the last time we hear from from Robin, but you did get a little taste uh, today. And I appreciate that you are tuned in. And I just... I pray that the relationships that you have are wonderful relationships, are godly relationships, are relationships where you're sharpening one another. I pray that those relationships that you know are not beneficial. I'm not talking about just throwing people away, but there are some relationships like Robin said, don't wait for closure, just just leave. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just walking away from your marriage or anything like that. Please understand what I'm, what I'm saying, but you want good, solid advice. If you're married, you want good, solid counseling that's right. and, and walking through. Cause there's, there's, that's a multifaceted thing in itself. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. You saved me there. Appreciate that. But seek shelter. If you're in an abusive relationship, yes. Yes. make yes. a plan and, and you, you can make an exit plan to get yourself safe. Yes. And that's, that's yes. That's because some point. people are told to stay in that. Do do not. Right. If you're, yeah, you know, God didn't call you to be abused. Absolutely right. Thank you. So, Robin, thank you so much for being a guest on the Adrian Ross Show, and uh, we'll have you back again. Thank you for having me. Yes. Did I not tell you we were going from A to Z on the topic of relationships? Yes. I hope you enjoy what Robin McLean had to say. And as I said during the show. We're going to have her back because there's so much more to Robin. You just got a little taste. So thank you for tuning in to the Adrian Ross Show once again. God bless you abundantly. The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of the Adrian Ross Show 
at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.